1: You've all heard the phrase Minnesota nice. I've lived in Minnesota for the last 25 years, maybe more than that. It's becoming less nice. And I mean, a lot less nice. And I don't want to pick on just Minnesota here, but I want to use it as an example of where we are as a nation. If Minnesota is any kind of representation of the Midwest, of the way that people view each other, of the way that people talk to each other, of the way that there may be corruption in the government. This is just one of 50 states, and I don't believe it's the only one. But today, I'll use it as my example. Welcome to Minnesota Not-So-Nice.
0: Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya Podcast.
1: So I've lived in Minnesota for, uh, wow, it's going on 30 years now. It's hard to believe. Uh, I was born and raised in California, for those of you that may know that or that don't know that. And I've been here and raised my family here. And I I thought that I had landed in a spot that, you know, certainly I met my husband. I love my family. I love my friends here. But certain things are happening in Minnesota that really concern me. And that this place that I had grown really fond of is becoming... So liberal, I would say, on the verge of leftism. No, not on the verge. I would say uh, there are a lot of people in this state who are flat out leftists and their influence is growing. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the Minnesota nice in the rest of the people that have them just sort of nodding along and not pushing back against it. I'm not sure. But I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what's going on here that I think represent really what's going on in a lot of places. And do we want to let this continue? I, I'm not talking about pushing back in the way of hurting anyone. I'm talking about standing up for what we believe our values to be, which I don't believe are represented in a couple of things I'm about to show you. So let's start with Ilhan Omar. She is the first Somali-American nominated and elected to Congress in United States history. And when that happened several years ago, it was applauded. It was seemed as it was, a, you know, it was something that was positive progress. OK. But her tenure in Congress has been marked by multiple controversies. She has clearly said things that are anti-Semitic and has really not been held accountable for them. I think that uh, Nancy Pelosi, when she was Speaker of the House, did some talking to Ilhan Omar about toning down her rhetoric, but there really hasn't been anything concrete, and she got reelected. Well, here in the last week, she gave a speech that a lot of people are calling into question. Um, I'll just roll in a piece of it here. It's got transcriptions. It's, it, it, you can see the, the subtitles for yourself and then uh, i'll explain it on the other side and the reaction to it well what like qabar idinka idin ka dhalatayne ee congress ka fadhiiso intii aniga aan congress joogo here's what she said and what people are criticizing her for as long as i am in the u.s congress somalia will never be in danger its waters will not be stolen by ethiopia or others sleep in comfort knowing that i am here to protect the interests of somalia from inside the u.s system the woman you sent to congress working day and night to protect your entrance all right so you can see how that may have garnered a bit of criticism she is in congress which is a governing body of the United States, one third of the, you know, separation of powers. We've got Congress, we've got the executive branch, we've got the Supreme Court. She's in Congress. Well, there is one article, which I'll point out, it's from Powerline. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now.
1: 800-702-5400.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Omar the Magnificent. Suppose you're a House Democrat who has been in office for 15 or 20 years, dutifully working your way up the ladder as a chair of a subcommittee, raising money for the caucus, etc., And you hear that Ilhan Omar is booked on one of the premier Sunday morning network news shows. Look, even Nancy Pelosi can't stand Omar and the rest of the squalid squad. And then you see Omar's shocking speech from recent days in which she declares, and I'll quote, and this is based on the translation, the U.S. government will only do what Somalians in the U.S. tell them to do. They will do what we want and nothing else. They must follow our orders, and that is how we will safeguard the interest of Somalia. We Somalians, and I believe the correct term is Somalis, must have the confidence in ourselves that we will call the shots in the United States. Here's the key excerpt along with a longer version below in the tweet of Somaliland's deputy foreign minister disavowing Omar. Now, Somalia land, according to this article, is apparently a breakaway province or independent entity. I'm not entirely clear, writes Stephen Hayward in this article on Powerline. But the ambassador writes, we are profoundly surprised, even shocked, on discovering that remarks made by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, Democrat of Minnesota, in a recent public forum, widely circulated on most social media platforms and attached below for your reference. And she goes on to talk about the language she employed was regrettably unbecoming of both the office she holds and the constituents she represents. Her expressions were lacking in common decency and revealed a significant lack of understanding of basic facts. Specifically troubling were her endeavors to revive the once violent and dangerous ideology of greater Somalia, which caused so much death, destruction and conflict in the Horn of Africa. And it goes on. And that is Ambassador Rhoda J. Elmy, uh, who writes this. Furthermore, her use of ethno-racist rhetoric didn't escape attention and left many with a deep sense of disappointment. Powerline goes on to say, when you've lost the foreign ministry of Somaliland, here's to hoping Trump's deportation list just got one name longer. Now, I'm not going to jump on that. Um, she was elected. She was elected in a district not far from from where I live. But this, is, this goes on and on and on. And this is the, the leftward lurch of the D- Democrat Party that is losing so many people. Even Bill Maher, where you're, you're, you're an American congresswoman putting the needs of another country first. Now, you can be sympathetic to another country and you can have your heart still with that country, but you're representing Americans in Congress. And, you know, as much as America is accused of greed and racism and all these awful things, look around the world. Look around the world. We're still the last great hope. And even with our imperfections, we have a system of government that includes Congress that is the envy of so many people. But this, this woman is there. And this is not the first thing she has said, but this is the most recent, and it's raising a lot of eyebrows. This is a Minnesota congresswoman putting Somalia land or Somalia first. That's example number one. The next example was sent to me from a friend of mine and this appeared on Twitter. This is a videotape, uh, which we're going to show you, not a tape. This is a recording, a digital recording of a little sled contest thing that goes on at, at one of the parks in Minnesota. There isn't any snow right now. So instead of snow, they laid down cardboard and had these sleds slide down the cardboard. Let's just have you look at this footage of this particular sled. Go ahead and roll. In case you're confused, that is a replica of the third precinct of the Minneapolis Police Department in flames. So as the sled moves, the flames move around. And if you notice the people in the background, and we'll, we'll keep showing this to you on a loop because it's worth looking at, it's just a lot of families, uh, predominantly white people, celebrating the burning down of the third precinct of the Minnesota Police Department. And this video, this, this recording was cheered on by many. Not only there who were present watching it, but online. School teachers, public school teachers, many people saying things that were regrettable about this particular video. And it was sent to me. And, you know, when you look at Minneapolis Crime Watch, which is a a group that sent this out and said, we keep being asked, can Minnesota be saved? Can Minneapolis be saved? No, it can't. It's too far gone. And they use this recording as an example of that. Now, as you might imagine, people within the Minneapolis Police Department were shattered, heartbroken, angry, whatever. Let me read to you from the response from the Minnesota or from the Minneapolis Police Chief. In a lengthy email sent to sworn officers and civilian staff late Saturday night, Chief Brian O'Hara called the display appalling and counterproductive. He said he was, quote, outraged and frustrated by the disgusting display, which depicted the infamous night the third police precinct burned to the ground in the riots following George Floyd's murder. Quote, make no mistake. The burning of the third precinct station house set off a signal of lawlessness that resulted in the highest levels of violence to our most vulnerable residents. But I am extremely grateful, as everyone who lives and works in this city should be, for the work that all of you do every day. Saturday's event is disgusting and counterproductive to your work and our mission. And then Michelle Gross, the president of Communities United Against Police Brutality, defended the display, saying O'Hara's email is only driving division. Quote, his lack of recognition of what that third precinct represents to this community, that's what's not helpful. Okay. So again, an entire precinct of police officers being blamed, being, I would say in this case, uh, just, I I mean, and this is supposed to be art. So they're going to argue that this is sled art, whatever. This is where we are in Minneapolis, this division of people who still just are convinced that an entire police precinct represents what happened to George Floyd. And, and, and look, many people are, they're just still enraged that this happened as they should be. I suppose Uh, the whole incident was just ugly. There are many sides to this incident. And we've seen that with the fall of Minneapolis, the film uh, produced by Liz Collin, who is a friend of this show. And we talked to her. But this is no way to repair the problem. This is no way to fight against police brutality by celebrating the burning of a building, by celebrating the lawlessness that resulted. And there were some really sickening comments when this thing got posted on X. Some of the commentary was just vicious and awful. And celebratory in this one particular public school teacher whom I shall not name said, I need this injected in my veins like this energy about this. So do you want to be productive or do you want to just keep making statements? Do you want to find solutions or do you just want to keep, you know, throwing fuel on the fire pun intended? It's like the people throwing soup at the Mona Lisa. Oh, goody, goody for you. You got attention. But what you've done is you've probably gained no more support and gained far more people who just go, you know what, you're being really stupid and you're losing me. Any support I might have had for you, you're losing me. So I'm glad that this, SLED story has gained some national attention. It was disturbing to many of us in the Minneapolis area. Like here we are years later trying to rebuild trust between the police department and the citizens. Here we are years later trying to encourage police to be, to boost their morale, to let them know they are supported. And the most vulnerable saying, we still need you. We need you. We don't consider it a privilege to dial 911. We pay taxes for that. And first and foremost, a, a city government, a state government should protect its citizens, a federal government. But that seems to be going out the window. So when you see lawlessness all over the country, I guess you just jump on board. I guess the idea of real solutions of real build, bridge building of, of true problem solving it is, is now being pursued by a smaller and smaller group of people who are being outnumbered and out shouted and out, out I don't even think that's a word, but I'm going to make it one by this kind of group. So I believe that the artist if you can call it that, of this sled, has said something. Yeah, there was a person dressed as a pig, by the way, that that ran alongside this piece of art. It's funny that, you know, we made this thing into a sled. On the other hand, I think there's a real sense that it is something to be celebrated, said Andy Cook, the creator of the precinct sled. It's a moment when the tables were turned, Cook explains that the burning of the precinct was, quote, a little piece of justice against a system that regularly kills unarmed black people. Regularly kills unarmed black people. Define regularly. Define that, sir. There are people who like to say data don't lie. Data gets manipulated all the time. So while maybe the numbers won't lie... People will use the numbers to lie. Unarmed black people get killed regularly during the uprising. The police building where the murderer was from happened to catch on fire happened to catch on fire. What are just like internally combust happened to catch on fire? So hold on. On the one hand, you're saying it's a moment when the tables were turned. Something to be celebrated. A little piece of justice. So, but it just happened to the third precinct? It just happened to happen to the third precinct? Wow. Going back to uh, the O'Hara email... He says, while this group cheers over a police station burning, quote, I can't help but think of the hundreds of violent crime victims in this city, most in lower income neighborhoods who have been hit by bullets or have been killed in the chaos that resulted after the burning of the third precinct. The email also looks back on minority business owners who, quote, lost everything in the destruction. Despite that violence, Cook, the creator of this sled, says the burning of the precinct has a tide against injustice, or was a tide? I don't know what that sentence means. He says, I'm not sure everybody feels that way, but a lot of people saw it as justified. It's a dark chapter in our history that that murder happened here, that an unarmed person was killed in the street by someone kneeling on their neck. But I think we should be proud that also one of the biggest movements against that erupted here. I think it's a good thing for white people to speak up about the violence and the police brutality against black people. I'm with them and I add my voice to theirs. That is fine. You add your voice. You add your support. Nobody wants police brutality. Nobody wants that. Nobody likes that. Nobody cheered what happened to George Floyd. But you are cheering additional violence that came out of it. You are cheering. Against good police officers who were impacted by that. And you are cheering for the crime that has ensued. And that's your Minnesota nice for you, folks. I will say that as much as this guy cheered on his little piece of artwork and the other people standing there were cheering it on and laughing and letting their children cheer it on and laugh. There were plenty of us who were sick to our stomachs just like, really? I I know people who didn't even want to look at the recording. They just didn't want to see it or people who looked at it and threw up their arms and went, <laughs> that is not a solution. I guess it's your form of art. And you know what? Thank God in this country, you have freedom of speech and expression and assembly to, do that we also have freedom of speech and expression and assembly to speak out and say that's just ugliness and it's unnecessary and you're celebrating something terrible and you're dividing us further and you're not solving any problems some of us want to look for real solutions some of us want to do the hard work your hard work was limited to cardboard sled, gather people, flames going, and saying, ain't I cool? I I don't see how that solves anything. And that's my two cents. From Minnesota Nice, <clears throat> not so much lately. I'm Michelle Tafoya reminding you to find your voice that is true and be brave with it and do good with it and stand up with it because a tide like this is not a good tide to see we'll see you next time